When hurricanes come our way, we uh, don't usually think, man, I can't wait for this to happen. This is going to be good. I'm looking forward to this hurricane. Why not? I mean, weathermen like hurricanes. Uh, all your meteorologists, you know, they, they're, they think they're special. They make really good pictures, you know. But why do we not look forward to hurricanes coming our way? The reason is they are destructive. Destructive. They're not constructive. You've never seen a hurricane make landfall, and when the hurricane moves through, there's a whole row of new houses. <laughs> right? I mean, if it was a constructive storm, or is that an oxymoron? If it was constructive, then there may be a whole new neighborhood left behind when the, when the storm went through. But they're never that way. They're always destructive. Before we get going, I want to read a passage of Scripture out of Psalm 147. So if you have your Bible, or if you have your... Uh, an app open, uh, go to Psalm 147. King David wrote this psalm, and it says, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives them, all of them, their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. Today, I want to be looking at and talking to you a little bit about the brokenness or the destruction that comes out of hurricanes and how it affects our lives. So would you pause with me for just a moment as we ask the Lord to really bless us today and, and, and to imprint this upon our hearts. Would you pray with me? Father, we bow our heads this morning one more time. It's another beautiful Sunday morning. A great day to worship you. We thank you for the privilege of receiving communion and celebrating the, the, the death and resurrection of your son Jesus. We thank you for the baptismal service that we're going to experience at the end of this day. <clears throat> but Lord, you know what you want to say to us today. You understand what is happening, and you understand who's here. And I pray today, God, that you would speak to each of us, and that you would touch our hearts. I pray, God, that we would not be the same as when we walked in this place today. I ask you that you would uh, anoint us to hear, anoint us to speak, and may you receive all the glory for it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. You know, hurricanes have an immediate impact. <clears throat> um, they disrupt lives. Lives are lost. Homes destroyed. They leave major messes in their wake. Have you ever noticed that hurricanes tend to break things? I mean, this is nothing new, is it? They tend to break things. How many of you can tell me that you have been through an actual hurricane? Would you raise your hand? Okay, I'm not talking about being on the edge, the outskirts where you get 30 mile an hour winds, but if you've ever been in a hurricane where you've experienced 80, 90, 100 mile an hour winds, those are the people I want to see. Would you raise your hands? Wow. Scary, isn't it? Scary, scary situation. 
Not everyone could raise their hand, but because not all of us have experienced those kind of major forces in our lives, but all of us have experienced storms in our lives that affected us in a way that was difficult to get through. Not all of us have experienced the physical hurricane, you know, the kind that you can see on a Doppler radar or the kind that you can see from uh, uh, an image from outer space. But in comparison, the kind of storm that I'm talking about, the kind of brokenness that I'm talking about, in comparison to wind, rain, and flooding, oh, that stuff is nothing compared to the storms and the hurricanes we experience when our hearts are truly affected. These storms that I'm talking about don't leave behind a mess that can be picked up by a truck or, or a crane, or you can't just place this mess along the sides of the road and, and wait for the city or the county to come pick it up. These hurricanes, these storms that I'm going to be talking to you about, they leave a mess all right, just not one that can be cleaned up or repaired with a truck and a few workers. See, life can leave us injured and our memories scarred. Whenever we have to live through difficult circumstances for periods of time, it's hard for us to function normally. Just normally. Let that sink in just for a minute, the normal part, okay? Emotional and, the, and spiritual storms are so much more difficult to get over than the physical storms like Harvey and, what was it, Irma? Irma? The, the, heart, the, the storms that affect our heart and our mind are so much more deadly. While hurricanes <clears throat> are destructive, we... God allows that. It's, it's very interesting. He allows brokenness to come through our lives to shape us and to make us better if, and this is a very, very big if, if we allow him to heal us. The really big problem is that too often our wounds never heal. The hurt remains, the blood remains, they fester. And we are hindered in the way we deal with the rest of life. There's three, three points that I want to present to you today. The first one is, we are all broken. We're all broken. None of us are perfectly healthy. We're all broken in some way. <clears throat> you, me, our friends, our neighbors. Uh, I, have a, I have a relative who who his philosophy about people is that people are generally, are basically idiots. Anybody else have that philosophy? That people are basically idiots? Yeah, yeah. Um, he may be right or wrong, and you may be right or wrong, but there are a few things certain. Humans are weird creatures. Humans are strange just really strange. We can be extremely mean to one another. Amen. That's right. And we do really stupid things. Anybody here guilty? Listen, I know you guys. And the reason that people act weird, 
The reason people treat each other poorly and the reason we, we do stupid things is because there is a brokenness inside of us. That's exactly why we act the way we do. Look, look around the room for a minute. Go ahead. Look who's near you. They look pretty normal, don't they? They look whole. They look healthy. There's, there's one or two that's questionable, but mostly everybody looks pretty normal and healthy. And, and, you know, we take a lot of pride in thinking that we're okay. You know, they even wrote a book, I'm Okay, You're Okay. I am the way I am. You, you are the way you are, and, and we're all fine. Um, and overall, we look pretty normal. But the question is not, will we have to deal with brokenness in our life? It's how will we deal with brokenness in our life? You get that? It's not if you're going to deal with, a, with brokenness in your heart or in your mind. It's how are you going to deal with that thing? How, how are we going to do that? Because even though we look like the picture of health, chances are real good that you're not whole and that there's some part of you that is actually broken. And so we do those strange things. We develop funny quirks in our personalities. I have these little nervous twitches. Anybody else have them? I do funny things. It was years ago, they used to make fun of me. I, was, I would stand and preach. And without even knowing it, I would do this. I'm hitching up my pants, remember? And that was just a, a part of, of me. I do other things that I'm not going to tell you about. Because I would never live it down. I would never get past it. You would never forgive me. But there's something in me that's not completely whole. That makes me have quirks. We want to have a testimony service. And we don't want to talk about ourselves right now. I want you to stand up and tell me something about somebody else's quirks. No, don't, don't, don't. No. And you know what? My daughter-in-law raised her hand. She was going to... Um, but we do strange things, we develop funny quirks, we put our clothes in the closet a certain way, we fold clothes a certain way, we have to make sure that our things are set up certain ways. You know why? Because you're broken. And that's how you cope with your brokenness. Isn't that interesting? And you're sitting there saying, oh, I'm not. <laughs> yes. Do you ever get frustrated with that person you live with? No. No. That was for all the men in the room. No, we do not get tired of that person we live with. They are wonderful. Every day they are wonderful. When they get up and they're, they're not even grumpy, they're wonderful. But we develop these strange things about our lives, don't we? Uh, funny quirks and habits. And we hurt one another. And we do stupid things. 
It's because there's something broken in us. And so we're all broken at some level. Physically, whether it's a sickness or an injury, our bodies are easily susceptible to diseases. Did you know that statistically half of us in this room will die of cancer? Yeah. At, at some point when you die, when we die, half of us will die from cancer. That's crazy. So physically we're broken as well. Um, you know, health is important, and, and when our health goes, it feels like everything's lost. But, and then spiritually, you know, we understand that we are born with a propensity to do wrong, to sin, right? Sin left us broken in the eyes of God, and until we are healed by the power of God, we will remain broken spiritually. But thank God he gave us provision through the death of Jesus Christ on, on Calvary. Amen? Amen? Thank God for that. And we, but, but all of us, whether spiritually, physically, or emotionally, experience brokenness. The second thing is that even though we all know that we have these issues that we deal with and we're all broken at some level, it seems like some people are severely broken. Now, I'm, I'm preaching today and teaching toward uh, an end result. And let, me, let me share with you today. At the end of our day today, uh, I, want to, I want to pray over us. I'm not going to ask you to come down to the front or do anything like that. I'm not going to ask you to step out into the aisles. But I'm going to ask you to stand where you are because I would like somebody near you just to put their hand on your shoulder and to touch you, okay? Um, if you've had something in your life that has been a major source of brokenness for you, you're the person I'm talking about. If it has affected you in a way where you really don't think the way you used to, you really can't act the way you used to, you're not the person that you used to be before it happened, you're the person that I believe God wants to touch today. So just be aware, that's kind of where we're going. Be thinking in your mind. I promise not to embarrass you and not, not to call you to do anything, but we will want to, want to pray for you. But some people are severely broken. Now, my first incl inclination is to ask, are there different levels of brokenness? I mean, if you're broken, you're broken, right? I mean, we're all broken. And so, and, but I'm not really sure because a broken arm will stay broken for about six weeks, and it's usually not that big of a deal. In fact, a young person gets a, a cast on their arm. They're the most popular kid at school for the next three or four weeks. You get people signing their name on your cast. And, and so your, your arm is broken for, for six weeks or so, um, but then it's gone and everything is better. But a broken relationship may never mend. So I don't know if that's exactly the same. We can lose mobility for a week or two because we have a sprained ankle. But if we have betrayed somebody's trust, the loss of trust can affect a person for years and they may never ever get over it. So I do think that some injuries are worse than others. And, and I'm going to list some injuries here. And I want to, you know, I, I don't want you to say that's me or I don't want you to stand up now or raise your hand or anything, but I want you in your mind um, to raise your hand and say, yeah, yeah, I identify that. Because there are some things that are so tough that they will impact your life until Jesus heals it. Things like 
being physically attacked or being raped. Maybe abuse in the home sexually or verbally by someone that you trusted as being right up there. Maybe you were abused by your spouse. You experienced violence in the very place that you were supposed to be protected in the home. Soldiers who witness horrible things of war that you can never get the images out of your head. Visually seeing things on the computer, on television, that burn themselves into your mind. Pornography, violence, carnage. Maybe as a child you were abused and belittled and told you were stupid and worthless and you will never, ever amount to anything. Or maybe you've lost somebody in your family that you love. Maybe you lost them tragically. They were in a fire, a car wreck, a house fire, something. And you can't get past that. Maybe you've lived through the residual effects of suicide and what suicide has done in your, to your family. Or maybe today you're extremely lonely or you've been rejected again and rejected again and rejected again and you don't fit. You see, everybody ha has issues, but there are some issues that are so impactful that they absolutely change everything that we view in life. And the enemy of our soul wants us to believe that things will never get better and that he whispers in our ear that you're the only one. Nobody understands why you, what you're feeling. You're completely alone in your brokenness and you're sick and there's no hope for you. See, that's what the enemy would have you to believe. And of course, we know that's not true. But when you're in the brokenness, it feels that way. And the, and the third point, God allows brokenness knowing that he can heal it. It's sort of like, well, if God is good, why does he allow these things to happen? If God is good, why do I have to be broken if God is good, why do I have to go through loss? Did you know that most all the men and women of the Bible, the heroes of the Bible, experienced seasons or episodes of brokenness? Yeah. One of the examples that I wanted to bring to you today is, is the example of, of King David. King David uh, experienced a lot of hurricanes. He experienced... If you can imagine, at the age of 15, 14, 15, 16, remember what he did with Goliath? He killed Goliath, and he decapitated him. Now, we say, well, that's a Bible story, and that's all good and well, but he was a 15-year-old kid who decapitated another human being. Think about that for a minute. He was broken. He was broken. He experienced the betrayal of a son. He experienced the guilt of committing adultery and murdering the woman's husband. He experienced the death of his baby. 
and he experienced numerous attempts on his life. Now, any one of those things would put me over the edge. Wouldn't it you? Any one of those things. But David experienced all of these things. And then in Psalm 51, we, we read what he writes in 51 and Psalm 34. And he says, God, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and a contrite or repentant heart, O oh God. And in Psalm 34, he says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. You see, we're all broken. And God is close to the brokenhearted. The Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke record the life of a woman who was broken. The woman, uh, you, you may remember her as the woman with the issue of blood, but this woman was sick. Her life had been diminished to a bleak and a disappointing existence. She lived in a very tough Middle Eastern culture that was very, very harsh. Her disease made her socially unclean. She had seen many doctors, had spent all of her money, and, and all of this took place over about a 12-year period, and she was still sick. She could not work. She could not come in contact with others. She had no social life. Her life was a mess. She was broken. She was just barely alive. Until we read about it in the Gospels, Jesus came her way. And, the, and you know the story. She did what she was not supposed to do. She, she got out of her hut or out of the corner where she had been begging. Over there on the side of town where nobody would go because of her and others like her. And she crawled into the crowd where Jesus was. And the Bible said she reached out and she touched the tassel of his garment or the hem or the edge of his garment. And when she did that, the Bible tells us that Jesus recognized immediately that somebody had been healed because of faith. And that woman was healed that day of her brokenness because of her love and faith and trust in Jesus Christ. In John's gospel, in the, in the ninth chapter, John tells of a, a man who was born blind. He was broken as well. Jesus' disciples came to him and, and asked Jesus, said, who, who sinned, Jesus, and caused this brokenness, this man or his parents? See, they want to blame somebody for the brokenness, right? We've got to blame somebody because I'm this way. It was my parents who did it. It was my grandparents. That, that person who abused me made my life a misery. That person who did what they did to my family... We always want to blame somebody for that. But Jesus said, no. The man didn't sin. His parents didn't sin. This was done so that the glory of God could be seen in his life. Oh, my goodness. The end of that story is that I think that was an instance where Jesus spat on the ground and made spitballs and put them on his eyes and and, uh, and he was healed. His brokenness was repaired through his faith in Jesus Christ. But sometimes brokenness comes for the healing. 
so that God can receive the glory for it. Wouldn't it be amazing to think that whatever brokenness you're going through today, whatever brokenness you experienced 10 or 12 years ago that's still affecting your choices, still affecting the way you look at life, wouldn't it be something to think that all of that was happening so that today, through the touch, God could receive glory for your life. See, God doesn't set anybody up to fail. And he doesn't tempt anyone to do wrong. But he does allow circumstances to come into our lives in order to strengthen us and to draw him closer to him. Okay? Today, I'm, I'm coming to a close here. If you feel that something has happened in your life or a situation came in your life that makes your brokenness so extreme that it does not allow you to live life normally because you're always looking back on that brokenness. I want you to know today, that's not what God wants for you. God wants healing and hope and health for you today. I'm not Jesus, and I can't... And I'm, I can't Get a line of people down here and let me as Jesus go along and pray. And, and I'm not Jesus. And you're not Jesus either. But I do believe this. I believe that when the Holy Spirit comes into this place, he can work through me. He can work through you. He can work through us corporately. And I believe today that he wants to work in the lives of people. So I'm going to pray a prayer today. We're going we're gonna to end this. And in just a moment, we're going to have some more worship time. But I'm wondering today if this isn't your day to say, I've been broken for a long time. I've been broken since I was a little boy. I've been broken since I was a little girl. I've been broken since that man did that to me. I've been broken since this happened to my family. I've been broken since I lost my loved one in that wreck. I have been broken. That's not the way you need to stay today. And if that's you, in just a moment, as I pray, I want you simply just to stand where you are. Don't have to do anything, but I just want you to stand. Maybe this is your moment that God is going to do something about that brokenness. What I'm going to ask you to do as well, if you see somebody that's standing near you, don't get in their face, don't make a big deal, just reach over and touch their shoulder. Begin to pray. Love on them. And let's see what God will do. I wonder if God is still in the healing business. I wonder if Jesus can still heal like he did when he walked on the earth. I wonder if miracles still happen. I wonder if my life can be changed right now, today, through the power of God. I wonder if that can happen. As we begin to pray and as the team comes back and we, we go into another time of worship you'll find it at the right time we won't have to tell you now stand you stand at the right time and just stand and somebody's going to touch you and that person is going to be like the hand of Jesus touching your life today Father I thank you today I praise you today Lord I'm broken I know I'm broken and God, I need you to touch my brokenness today. 
Lord, what I have experienced and what I have done and the disappointments that I have done in my life, Lord, have, have caused me to be broken in areas of my life. And today, Lord, I surrender my brokenness to you. I surrender my brokenness.